Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. And hey, listen, if That Sounds Fun is one of your go-to podcasts, I'd love if you would rate and review the show wherever you're listening. It helps us get in front of new friends. It means the world to us when you support the show in that way. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to share about one of our amazing partners, Athletic Greens. We're always looking to keep learning and growing, so we're becoming better versions of ourselves, right? And I love it when those intentions become decisions that start paying off and then just get tucked right into our days as habits. That's one of the greatest things about Athletic Greens. It's just so easy to fit into your lifestyle as a simple daily habit. One scoop of AG1 powder mixed into really cold water every morning helps us cover our nutritional basis. It's seriously the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. It can be hard to know where to start with supplements and who to trust on what our bodies can actually absorb or what's missing from a typical diet these days. But AG1 makes that so much easier. It's an all-in-one formula that's packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced high-quality ingredients so that we get major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier-looking skin, hair, and nails. Yes, please. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens has given you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. That's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. Y'all check it out. And today on the show, Anne Voskamp is back with us. I love her. I just love her. You can go back and hear her in our 2016 Christmas party and in our TSF prayer series from last year. Anne is an incredible author of four New York Times bestsellers, The Broken Way, The Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Greatest Gift, and 1,000 Gifts, A Dare to Live Fully Right Where You Are. She's just the kindest voice and a dear friend who's always in your corner and willing to tell you the truth while cheering you on. She is someone who teaches us about being brave and advocating for others, and she's helping our mini BFFs to be brave, too, with her new kids' book, Your Brave Song. It's the sweetest, y'all, and y'all are going to love hearing about it and a million other things that we have to catch up on. So here's my conversation with the dear Anne Voskamp. Anne, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. 
It's funny, this morning I was talking to someone and they said, what's your day look like? And I said, I'm talking to Annie. And they said, oh, that's fun. And I, I laughed and I'm like, yes, that sounds fun. It happens a lot. It's, I mean, the reason the show has that name is because it's something I naturally say. But people feel so embarrassed, Anne, where they'll be like, oh, that sounds fun. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, I love that. <laughs> That is how it should be. So good, Annie. Um, Okay, Anne, tell me how the holidays were for you up in Canada. Oh, my goodness. Annie, we got like three feet of snow and were buried in a blizzard. Actually, roads closed down on the 23rd of December and did not open up until, what is that, the 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 morning of the 27th. Oh, my gosh. So we were like snowed in for like, yes, no snow plows on the road. Like it was like... You're trying not to feel a little claustrophobic because it was like 10 of us in the house starting on, well, I guess um, my oldest son and his daughter got here Thursday morning. So everybody was together from Thursday morning until Monday afternoon before the roads opened up again. So like we were, so it was like a really, my mother was here for Christmas and we all said, you know what, we'll never have a Christmas like this where like we are just like together. Did you just happen to have enough food to feed everyone that long, Anne? Well, they were <laughs> such a good question um, <laughs> because we, everybody actually it was really beautiful because normally you can like shop up until Christmas Eve, but everybody had to have their shopping done by the 22nd. So the stores were everything. Uh. Grocery stores were crazy, but everybody stocked up. And I had actually my daughter-in-law was very impressed with me. I had all my recipes for every meal all printed <laughs> out and labeled and in, in a folder because I knew I was feeding people, Annie. Yes, for <laughs> a week almost. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And stomping out through like snow between my knee and my thigh to feed the sheep day oh, in and day out. Oh my gosh, like, Anne. Yes. Like it was. So it everybody was, keeps going on their chores because you still have to keep all the oh, animals alive. You have to get out to the barn in and out. And it like, and the snowblower is not going. Like, so it's really, it was a very intense experience, Sammy. Yeah, I imagine. I'm also picturing that you have a like a cellar full of green beans in a can. Is that true? Do you have like do you have like put up food as my grandmother called it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so where I saw you, you were talking about green beans somewhere online, weren't you talking about like people were better people? What is that? Is that did you say that somewhere, Annie? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jen, Jen Hatmaker said it first that people, and then I was responding of like the thing I think about when I can't fall asleep is that we do nothing compared to the amount of food my grandmother had to like make on a regular basis. Well, I I am no grandmother, and I all I all we have usually is a lot. This is embarrassing, but we have a lot of squash. So I have yeah. always a lot of butternut squash. <laughs> and you just can it? So, no, actually, squash, I can just go ahead and put in a big box. So we can go ahead and have squash soup. If you need squash soup, I'm your person, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> and that is amazing. Okay, so I've been yeah. really interested. I, I There's a couple of farmers that I watch on Instagram besides yeah. you. You're my yeah. favorite one, obviously. Yeah. Oh. But what is sabbath rest look like when you feed animals every day and and daryl still has to go out and uh, so how do you find a day of rest yeah it's such a good good question annie i really appreciate you asking it because sabbath for us is really really important and it's something we actually take really seriously so yes everyone still goes out to the barn and does barn chores Daryl, with all of our sows and our baby pigs out in the big barn, I still go ahead and do my sheep chores. But all you're doing is feeding 
and taking care of sick animals. You're not doing anything in terms of maintenance, nothing that is extra. So you're taking care of your animals and then that's it. We're done. So whether for us personally as farmers, Sabbath means we'll take care of our animals and their provision and caretaking, but nothing mm. happens in the field in any capacity. So if it's a day that's perfect for harvest, we don't harvest. Wow. So actually, it's and it's sometimes, especially in terms of wheat, wheat usually is our hardest because wheat needs, if wheat gets any moisture, it needs three days to dry down. And year after year, you'll get rain in the middle of the week and it's perfect harvest conditions right. by Sunday. And we always say, that's the Lord will take care of us. Sabbath is our Sunday. So we will go ahead and not harvest and trust that the Lord will give us another day. And I think it's been, not only has it been a really beautiful testimony to our own children that we are relying on the provision of the Lord. It also is a testimony to our community that we're relying on the provision of the Lord. And we actually, we've rented land from other farmers who said we will only actually rent to someone who keeps Sabbath because it actually really matters to us. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. really interesting as well that it actually is better for the ground, right? When the ground yes. is able to rest. Yes, yes. So uh, we actually run in rotation corn, wheat, and soybeans. And when you run yeah. wheat, wheat isn't to make profit. Wheat is actually putting nutrients back uh -huh. into the ground. And then after we harvest the wheat, we go ahead and we call it green fertilizer. We put clover back onto the ground so that you're actually growing nutrients that gets turned over back into the soil. So yeah, we run that that kind of that Sabbath principle and relying on the provision of the Lord is kind of the paradigm for all of our farming. Wow. I remember a friend of mine in college, her dad was a pecan farmer. And when we went to dinner at their house, like we went and stayed with them for the weekend in South Georgia. And I remember at every meal when he blessed the food, he prayed for rain. And I was like, that is something my CPA dad for every meal he's blessed has never asked the Lord for rain. Well, I think that's, I think that for me, Annie, living on a farm, that's one of the most beautiful things is that you're so aware of the sovereignty of God. We cannot make it rain and we cannot make the sun come. Like we literally, mm -hmm. Daryl, mm -hmm. I often laugh and say that if Daryl had a different career, he would have been like, oh, <laughs> a weather forecaster because he constantly is watching the sky and checking the weather. These are things you yeah. can't control. And it really yeah. makes you live all the time in a posture of surrender and open-handedness. The Lord will have to send the rain. The Lord will have to send the sun. We've done everything that we yeah. can, but the harvest literally belongs to the Lord. Yes, yes. It's very interesting to think about the things that matter to us. So for me and my city life, there are still ways that I don't harvest yeah. once yeah. a week. Right. And what does that and look so, like, Annie? Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't shop one day a week. Like I don't spend any money. Right. I don't bring, that's I don't right. bring anything into my house once a week. And, and that's based out of John Mark Comer's teaching around it a lot in obviously scripture, but John Mark's teaching through it. That kind of taught me this idea of like, if we require things 24 seven, someone is having to work 24 seven. That's right. That's right. Were you raised like that, Annie? Because like Daryl was raised that you never did grocery shopping on Sunday. You didn't go to a restaurant on Sunday. These were because it required other people to be working and we want other people to have Sabbath rest. But yeah. that you weren't raised like that, no, Annie. That uh -uh. was a new practice for you. 
Yeah. I mean, we yeah. were raised where nothing was open on Sunday in Georgia when I grew You know, like I remember we would get milk and that was about all. And we'd eat lunch after church. But you weren't like going right. to the mall that I remember, especially being really little. But I think it's interesting because when you talk about the animals, not that children are animals, but if there is one group <laughs> that feels the pressure from what I've heard of how to fit rest yes. in, it's moms of young kids. And what you're because saying you of still, like- you still have to feed everybody. You have to feed like, them. Yeah, you still have to feed them <laughs> and take care of the sick ones. That's it. Exactly yes. what you do with the sheep is what you have to do with right? kids anyway. Right? That's right. So what does it look like, Anne? I mean, y'all have seven that have come through the house and now you have in-laws and you're going to have grandbabies someday. I mean, what does it look like to raise a family where you still have to feed the kids and you still have to take care of the sick ones, but you're maybe not (laughs) doing the other things on a day of rest? What's that line? Yeah. Yeah. So for us, that would be like, I wouldn't do any housekeeping or I wouldn't throw in laundry. Like these are things that I would say, what does it look like to create a space where people can encounter more of the Lord. So that means setting Mm -hmm. a table and inviting everyone to the table. That means going ahead for us, actually it was really beautiful on Sunday, without talking to any of the kids, older kids and their people all migrated home after church and said, hey, can we all have dinner? And I wasn't ready to serve all of the people, but it just meant everybody went ahead and said, okay, we can scrub together this from the fridge and forage this and put this together. So I think, I do think making... On Sabbath, making a space for the table is really important because yeah. I think central to Jesus' teaching is when we break bread, we recognize the Christ in the others. So I think on our Sabbath, what does what does gathering around food and that's oh, that's communion literally yeah. together. And I really think that that's really what he's called us to on on that Sabbath day of rest. That communion is actually with other people is actually tremendously reviving and life giving. Yeah. I mean, for anyone adopting a Sabbath practice, it it sounds like you're, and you do a beautiful job of this, but kind of giving us a first step of like, what if you just got everybody around the table in a new way? Yeah, yeah. Man, that's really good. That is really interesting. Because we, we know that, we know that, yes, it takes time to gather people around the table, but it actually will actually revive us. It actually will, it will cause flourishing throughout the rest of the week that if it's actually what we're doing on Sunday, that Sabbath is actually to produce a greater harvest the rest of the week. And we know that community does that. And are you always observing on Sunday? Are you always practicing Sabbath on Sundays? For us, it's always been yeah. on Sundays. Uh, that that's uh, it's a steady rhythm for Daryl with the barn, and then the kids all know that it's always yeah. Sunday for us. But I mean, everyone can pick which day of the week works for them. But for us, it always has been Sunday. And for you, Annie, what does that does that that shifts because often on Sunday, yeah. you are in ministry spaces. Yeah, yeah. So I do Saturdays. I usually do Friday night to right. Saturday, Friday dinner time to Saturday dinner time. Because unless I'm traveling on the weekend, and then we move it around. Right. But yeah, and because of wow. my role at church here in Nashville, I'm yep. if I'm in town, I'm at church all day. And so it isn't a day of I don't get to sleep in. Sleeping in to me as a not married yet person who can sleep as much as she wants, sleeping in is kind of one of the bigger gifts of Sabbath for me. And so if I can't I sleep someday, in, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someday that... Daryl Voskamp has been doing barn chores since he was five years old. He never, like, whether it's Christmas yeah, or birthday, like it's always barn. So, so I would really love to get to sleep in someday, <laughs> Amy. <laughs>
Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Rocket Money. So we know that we can read through the Gospels in 30 days because we just finished doing that in January over on the Let's Read the Gospels podcast. It's not too late to come join us for February. And you know what else you can do in 30 days? Forget about a free trial you started on a subscription or a service. I get it. Me too. You know the old try it free for 30 days. Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription you don't even use. With Rocket Money, you can change that with a few quick clicks. Rocket Money, which is formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought just to watch one show or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you, you guys. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back Back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, you guys, and it saves the average person $720 a year. You guys, that is so much money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash that sounds fun. That's rocketmoney.com slash that sounds fun. Rocketmoney.com slash that sounds fun. And I'm excited to tell you about another one of our partners because it's an event that I have the honor of speaking at. It's called the She Is One Night. It's a one-night gathering for women of all ages where you'll be encouraged to stay rooted and grounded in who you are in Christ, to experience the freedom that only He can give, and be equipped to run on mission for the good of others and for the glory of God. She Is One Night is by Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania, one of my favorite places I've gotten to go speak at this church. I love the pastors. I love Love this town. I can't not wait to be there. I cannot wait to see y'all on March 24th. Doors open at 6 p.m. for a welcome party where you can get checked in, do a little shopping, enjoy some treats. And then the event officially begins at 7 p.m. And before you say it, I know so many of you are in places that are not just around the corner from PA. So I have some very good news. There are online and in-person tickets available at sheisonenight.com. That's sheisonenight.com. Hope y'all will join us. I can't not wait, March 24th. And now back to our conversation with Anne. Okay, so the chapel y'all have refurbished in your town. Will you tell me what it's called again? Is it the village? Yeah, the, the village table was where yeah. we save a space for everybody at the table. Yeah. Yeah. So do y'all have weekly services now? No, actually that that space is not currently being used for weekly services. It's actually it's actually been really beautiful. Yeah. The space has become really ecumenical in the sense that it seems to be a safe space for like actually today I was just speaking to that one of the youth pastors in town wanted to gather all of the youth groups. So they wanted to use our space for that. Yeah. Everybody feels safe in that particular space. So it's become this kind of um Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> <per> <laughs> a Switzerland in the middle of Canada. <laughs> Yeah, but it has ministry happening there um, four days a week in partnership with the Salvation Army and the United yeah. Way so that there are meals and showers and laundry facilities and a place for people to come in off the streets and get to connect four days a week. So, Will you kind of talk about like the evolution of the whole thing? Y'all bought a, a yeah. pretty much a broken down old church? <laughs> yeah, so it was built in 1896, and I think it was down to 11 congregants when it was— well, before they actually closed it. And then it sat yeah. empty for, I believe, 18 months before we bought it. Not really not really with a plan. Besides Isaiah 58, that we really, how could it be a place where those who are oppressed and marginalized found a 
place at the table. So what would happen? You would drive by it and you'd be like, I think. Like, back us up even there because there's someone who's in the I think stage of buying a church. (laughs) And I think, or some big dream where they actually feel like they're Abram in Ur and God's calling them out and there is no map and it feels crazy. I totally get that actually. So the sign in front of the church said, thanks for the memories. And I said to Daryl, like, what do you mean? Thanks for the memories. And Daryl said, oh, it sounds like it's closed. So I said, can you circle around again? He's like, oh my gosh, Ann. So we circled around the block again. (laughs) And, and so we texted somebody in town who kind of is connected and they said, yeah, it's actually for sale. And the first person who tried to buy it wanted a restaurant and it had fallen through. And then somebody else was thinking about tearing it down for making it to a parking lot for a bus stop. And I had said to oh. Daryl, oh my goodness, the, wouldn't the Lord want that to stay as a place that that shows the hospitality of God, that he's this welcome refuge to the community? So Daryl actually checked online and found the real estate agent. And I reached, actually, she went to our church and I said, can you show <gasps> us through? And we walked through and I, well... <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been so in love with Daryl because normally, like, we had no big plan. And Daryl was like, as we walked through, Daryl said, you know what? Like, I think you actually could renovate this. And I said, are you, like, seriously wow. considering this? And we laid out some fleeces and we, like, we went months back and forth yeah. with the I was the about to say, every about- moment of that must have been like, okay, I'm just going to email her. I'm just going to email her and we'll go on a tour. But we're not making any promises. Okay, we're just going to go on a tour. <laughs> And we kept like, and they would come down and we would go up a yeah, little bit. Like yeah. it was months of back and forth. We kept laying up fleeces like, are you sure you still want us to do this, Lord? And I remember the day we closed, I woke up the next morning and I said, I felt like, like literally a panic attack. Cause like, yes. Annie, if you flip a house, you can resell the house. <laughs> right. but, but like you, how are you going to sell the church to? And yeah. it's on the main street of town <laughs> in the downtown core. And I remember the Lord was like, it was almost audibly, it said to me, I am the God of restoration. Wow. And I thought like, oh, like you need to restore something in me through mm. this process and refined me and do like a renovation of me and yeah. my own faith through this. And when Daryl came in from the barn, he said, are you okay? And I said, like, I'm trying not to panic. And he said, what are you afraid of? And I said, I'm so afraid that like, we're going to fail. We don't even know what we're doing. Yeah. And we're doing it on the main street of town. And Daryl said, I would rather fail at something that matters than that succeed at something that doesn't. And it was Jeez, like, Daryl. <laughs> no, like literally, I will never forget it. It's like the penny dropped, and I was like, "Okay, D, like lead on, like yeah. whatever it looks like." And people came through as we were renovating, and they kept saying what the plan is. And Daryl said, "I just know that the Lord wants us to be prepared for people. He will have to make yeah. all the connections." And then the Salvation Army comes out of nowhere and says, "Hey, could we start to use this space because your space is again neutral? There's not a church happening there, so those yeah. who are vulnerably housed feel safe coming in, where they don't feel safe coming into the Salvation Army. Yeah. So we have once a monthish kind of gatherings there that are more worship that bring in the whole community, but then the hope links with the Salvation Army is open every day." Or four days a week. So, I mean, I think that's so helpful, and for people to hear that when you have obeyed God, you could still have buyer's remorse the next morning, and it'd still be oh, right. Oh my goodness! <laughs> every time so, I found that whole... every time. <laughs> but I, I think, I think that's what a walk of faith is. We want clarity, and God wants closeness. We wow. want, we want Him to give us a real map, and He says no. 
I want you to have a relationship with me. And we're yeah. like, what's the plan, Lord? And he said, there is no plan. There's a person. Yeah. You have to come closer to me. And through that whole process of renovating, I was the one that would panic. And Daryl was the one who said like, no, yeah. this is a walk of faith. God's called yeah. us out. He didn't give Abram a map. So yes. I think if you're sitting there listening going, wow, I have this wild dream. First of all, did God call you to it? And if God called you to it, it's a walk of faith. You're not going to get the whole map beforehand. Yeah. But you are going to get the closeness of his relationship. And he'll yeah. tell you, this is the way walking it one step at a time. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong about this, but in my experience, often it feels more like he goes, well, do you want to do this? Like, I have this idea. <laughs> do you want it? Like, I'll, I'll see if you want to partner with me in this. And then I get to go, I don't know. Like when I was moving to Scotland, it was not like yes. this, Annie, you have to go. And sometimes it is. When I moved to Nashville, it felt like a directive. But when yes. the opportunity for Edinburgh came along, it felt like, well, what do you want to do? So how often in your life is it, what do you want to do? And is it, here is the thing to do? Well, I think I think we see in scripture over time and again, we think, oh, it's not what I want to do. It's what does, but actually we see Jesus saying, what do you, like throughout the New Testament. What the do Gospels, you want me to what do? What do you yes. want? What do you want? So I think the Lord, I think it's two things. God is asking us, what do we really want? And I think that's a really good way to go ahead and, reorient our souls. Do Are we following an idol or do I want the things that God actually wants? And number yeah. two, where is God at work? And can I go and join him? Like God is moving everywhere around us. So maybe that dream that he's stirring in you and stoking a fire, that's actually evidence that God is doing something. And he's yeah. like, it's like, like, do you want to come and do this with me? Yeah. And I, I think, I think it's really, I think God calls us to take leaps of faith and faith often feels like fear. Cause they're like, Oh, like this, like if you're doing things that don't feel like fear, like you're really not stepping out of your own comfort zone yes. where he gets to be your comfort. Yes. So I think I think you need to go ahead, not need, he's inviting you yeah. to go ahead and step out <laughs> of your comfort zone. Um, and, and a life of faith is going to feel kind of risky, but I think that's also kind of exhilarating at the same time. But I will say when you're going ahead and walking that, taking that leap, he wants you to be in community with other people. I think yeah. he, like he's as like, who are you going to link arms with to do this? Because you need a community of people that are going to preach gospel back to you when you go, oh, this was a horrible idea. Buyer's remorse. How do we get out of this? You need someone to go, oh, no, remember, yeah. remember, remember, remember what he said to us. Yes, yes. It, it To me, it is much like a roller coaster where the feeling of falling out of a building and the feeling of going down a hill at <laughs> a roller coaster is very similar. <laughs> and one of them is safe. Right. But the feeling <laughs> right. is not different. My stomach does the same thing, whether I'm doing exactly. a drop on a roller coaster or a drop exactly. out of a building. But one 100%. of them, I'm totally safe and I'm in community, but it's OK and if it feels like the other one. <laughs> and I think I think it's really important to 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 analyze, like before you begin, like what is success? Oh, success. yeah. What was success yes. for y'all? success for Daryl, 100% was success is faithfulness. Like we did what God uh, called mm -hmm. us to do. So I think going ahead and looking at, and what is like when you're, when you're in that roller coaster and it feels the same as jumping out of a building, one is safe. Well, what is safe? Like does safe means I get like this outcome or do I go back and say, no, no, I'm always soul safe in Christ, regardless yeah. of what this looks like. Yeah. I am soul safe. So maybe the process looks like failure to everyone else, but maybe it did like a great sanctifying work in me. Maybe it refined me in a certain way. Maybe my failure connects with another story over here, which connects with another story. I don't know how my story connects with other people. And God's writing a 
bigger and better story that has all kinds of successes in it. Yeah. So I think before we leap, don't say, well, success will only be if it looks like this. Hopelessness is a poverty of imagination, and I don't want to have a poverty of imagination for all the different ways that God could possibly work through this situation. Hopelessness is a poverty of imagination. Anna, have you written yeah. that somewhere? And I think, Where is that? That just lives in you. The stuff that lives in you blows my mind. No, no, no. <laughs> that is actually in Waymaker, and I go back to oh, it good. over and over and over again, is that like I will feel bankruptcy in my own soul if I have a poverty of imagination. And God, mm. he's the way. He works in ways that I don't even understand. So faithfulness means I take this next step, but I don't know the way it's going to actually go. Yeah, yeah. You know how but much I love Waymaker. I know Waymaker. the way himself. So. Yes, I was about to say, you know, I've, I've read every one of your books and that one just <laughs> yes. about wrecked me in 100,000 ways. Yeah. It is. And you talk about married life very, um, very descriptively. And well, one of these be, because, <laughs> because I really believe that the kind of God's calling us to communion with him. And I think lots of times we make an idol out of our marriages. Yeah. But marriage is actually only supposed to be a picture of the ultimate intimacy that we have with him. Yeah. And I think um, so. I don't think marriage is the end game or the end point. It's a sign that points us to the communion that we can all have with the lover of yeah. our souls himself. Yeah. Yeah, and if you'd have told me ever that Ann Voskamp would write a book that had sex in it, I'd have been shocked. But there you did it. There you uh, <laughs> yeah, be, because, because actually before this podcast, I thought Annie has no meat. Like we've known each other for <laughs> oh. how long, Annie? More yeah, than a decade 20, for sure. Almost, so yeah, it's got to be at least 15 years, right? Or close yeah, to 15 yeah. years, Annie? So you know that that's not, you're right. That is not something that Ann Voskamp would ever <laughs> want to write unless... I saw it so clearly in scripture that it's actually a metaphor for our relationship yeah. with him. Well, you know, it made me so happy. It just made me so happy to picture you having to write that stuff. <laughs> there, that book was an act of obedience. Actually, That's exactly literally. Right. <laughs> no, that book was an act of obedience. Yes, yes. Do you feel that way about your new kids book, about your brave song? Did it feel like an act of obedience? Yeah, because I think Annie... I think when we think about kids' books, lots of times we think, well, reading for the child. Yeah. When I actually believe that there are parts of us inside of us, little children inside of us, and that when we're on a journey towards wholeness, if we're, when we read to our child, how is the story that we're reading actually healing us? Mm -hmm. So your brave song really, yes, I'm reading it, I'm writing it for children, but I'm also writing it for the child in each of us that needs to find wholeness. It's a story about identity and self-worth and whether we belong and whether we feel safe in yeah. situations where we feel like, I don't know the way through and this feels scary. My joke about my kid's book is I think more people have finished it than anything else I've ever written <laughs> <laughs> because it's so short. And so, and this, right. your Perfect. brave song, everyone's going to finish. They're going to read the beginning and the end. <laughs> so good. Will you tell, I mean, it feels like as I was reading it, I thought, why hasn't Anne written 15 kids' books? It feels like your writing language is so built mm. for the rhythm mm. of children's books. It's just beautiful. Have you uh, actually, thought about this, doing this before? I, I hadn't. Um, but actually, after this one, I signed a contract for another three books. <laughs> yes, <laughs> children's well books, done. 
I think um, I think children's books, like C.S. Lewis talks, like you're not just writing for children, you're writing for us too. And I think when you're writing yeah. a children's book, are you writing a book that you would want to read like yeah. 25, 50, 100 times? Yes. So I'm writing for, like literally, if the kid walks says like, well, you read it, like you want to read to you too. Yeah. So this is a book where I wrote for kids, but I wrote for... I wrote for each of us who feel like, oh, wow, the world is big. And I don't feel like I've actually, it's funny, I was telling him, I was telling someone that I was, I was at a gathering of like six other women. So there were seven of us total. And there was like, we were together for like three days. And I had this voice in my head, you don't belong here. You don't fit, you know, the imposter syndrome. Like, you're like, there's, there's really not a place for you at this table. And, and actually I kept coming back to your brave song. And the re- so the refrain of the children's song yeah. comforted the child in me that was afraid. And actually the the story ends and then you get to the very last page where it says, glue your child's photo here. Yes. And then under that it says, the Lord your God is always with you. He celebrates and sings. And Annie, so many times I thought the translation of that was, he sings over you. Yeah. But the CEV is, he celebrates and sings. I'm going to cry every time. He sings because of you. Mm. And he will refresh your life with his love. I don't know where you are in your life or what your story looks like or where you don't feel like you fit or the story went wrong. When you think that... The Lord is always with you and he celebrates and sings because of you. When you think about who you are making the heart of God sing and the heart of God break into song, if that doesn't refresh and revive your life with his love, then that's what our heart craves. Does somebody delight in us and to know that the maker of heaven and earth delights over us? I think it's everything, not just for our our child, but for the child in us, Annie. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one last time to share about one of our amazing partners, Indeed. We are all sitting around the double wide last week celebrating one of our team members' birthdays and we were reflecting on how much of an impact we make on each other's lives as we work together. We are so grateful. How incredible would it be if your company could find more of these big positive impact people right when you needed them? That is what I want too. If you are hiring and when we are hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend your precious and limited hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews allow you to find top talent fast. Do you hate waiting? Same, same, same. Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy with their instant match tool. In fact, according to the U.S. Indeed data, candidates who appear on your shortlist, who you invite to apply through instant match, are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost and time effective when you're running your own business. So visit indeed.com slash sounds fun to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's go back and finish up our conversation with Anne. How'd you pick the name of the main character? 
brain, which actually, I was so surprised. Um, it's Chris, and I'm not gonna know how to say Chris's last name from Ren Collective. Help me, Annie. Oh, I don't know how to Uh-oh. say it. I, yes, but I yes, he's wonderful. Chris, Chris and Gabby, forgive us right now for yes, not knowing how to. Yes, we love you so much. Chris from Ren. Yes, <laughs> but anyways, they they have they have a set of twins. Their last yes. ones are twins. They have Danny, and then they're twins. And the little girl's name is Una. And I was like, oh my gosh, Gabby. Uh... My new book, and actually, I don't really know, Annie, why I called her Una Rain. I wanted a name that didn't didn't land you with someone that you already knew. Do you know yes, what I mean? Like yes. you had a name that did, like I wanted it to be like, oh, you didn't automatically think of somebody, but yeah. it, it became this, this possibility that maybe it was you, Una yeah. Rain. Yeah, it feels poetic. And so I thought, oh man, there's something to <laughs> who this, well, what just, this is. I just wanted you to start the story with possibility of, oh, that's a different yeah. kind of a name yeah. and not come to any kind of conclusions before you began. Yeah. What do your kids think about the book? Shiloh, our youngest, who reads it. Oh, she loves it because the little girl in the... Actually, I found the... Um, well, actually, Annie, you know how it goes with children's books. You normally yeah. don't get to pick the illustrator. Right. But I actually had found the illustrator on Instagram and been <gasps> following her. So when I handed this in, I said to the the publisher, Tyndale, I said, would you consider? And they reached out to this amazing Amy Grimes. She's um, so good. So, and she's so good. Like, it's, I love her so much. So afterward, the book was all done and I had it in my hands. I reached out to her and I said, Amy, it's so beautiful. And then she sent me video where she had taken pictures of our little Shiloh and printed them out and put them on the canvas. Oh so when she was gosh. painting... Yeah, kind of crazy. So actually, the crazy story is, we'll see how it goes, but Ellie Holcomb and I wrote a song together with Krista Wells from this book. Right. So Red Sea Road comes from us adopting Shiloh, and then to sit with Shiloh as she sees Ellie on the other side of the screen writing a song for this book, Your yeah. Brave Song, felt like a full circle moment. Yes. Ellie God writes these kinds of stories. Yeah, and Ellie is the right woman to be in that with you. And Krista. I mean, just so totally, gifted and totally. has been a part of the story all along. I'll tell From you, the very beginning. Oh, my favorite thing about Amy as your illustrator is she put all these little details on pages. Like, I, because I'm the person who wears Waldo's, does a wears Waldo on every single kid's book I read. I'm like, what else did I put on page? I'm like, I can see everything everyone's eating. I can see everything the little girl plays with in her bedroom. I mean, Amy yes. did an amazing and job with details. Amy did, and she's got she's got little hearts hiding in all of the pages yes. so that the child can go ahead and find the heart. Because really, the essence is we come into the world. Kurt Thompson says that we everybody is looking for somebody looking for them. Everybody comes into the world, like, does anybody care about me? Like our greatest need is to know, does somebody love us and delight in us? So if a child can go through this book and go, look it, I am loved in every single situation. The heart of God is for me in every situation. I think right now, Annie, I think with our screens, I think with our social media, we are in a crisis of self-worth and everyone, it really is undermining our sense of belonging and our sense of who we are. So yeah. really this book is about, can you trust that your self-worth, that you are safe and that you're loved, that you belong? These are things that if we can go ahead and lay that foundation, the mental health crisis that we see of our young people and that 
flows into the 20s and 30s, we can start being part of starting to not only change that narrative for our young children, it also can start to heal the parts of us. Yes, yes. What a gift. I love it. Okay, so your brave song comes out tomorrow when everyone's hearing this. And so it's available for them to go ahead and order. I love the Monday pre-order because you're technically pre-ordering, but they're also going to ship it tomorrow. So, <laughs> well, and the great thing is it comes out just before Valentine's Day. So if you yes. want to go ahead and let your little person know how desperately loved they are and then go through every single page. And I think I think part of your brave song is we really want to have a narrative in our own head that says that we are loved and we belong. And we're constantly, mm-hmm. the the enemy of our soul is constantly hissing a lie at us about who we are. So this is about yeah. like a song actually lodges in our hearts and that heals our hearts. Yes. So can we have, can we start to put in our children's heart a narrative of actually who they are, a little refrain that sings that they are safe in every situation? Yeah. Oh, I love it. You know, we get questions in from our friends who get the AFD Week in Review email. And one of the questions for you was asking, it's from Diane, and she's asking, do you write every day? Do you have a next book coming out? What I experience of you is you're always writing as a discipline and a it's just a thing you are always doing. So are you working on the next one already? Hi, Diane. What a great question. Um Usually I am struggling all of the time, but currently, (laughs) currently, actually, I'm really, it's been really interesting. I am on a deadline. Uh, I am what, less than three weeks away from a book deadline. And Um, oh my gosh, a launch and a deadline on top of each other. Oh, from the same publisher. I want to go, oh, (laughs) Um, Oh but actually, Annie, it's been it's been really good for me. It, so I have a word quota every day that I have to write. And I really uh-huh. I say this to myself all the time. But actually, when you have to write so many words a day, it's like training for a marathon. Like you yes. like you have to stay in the rhythm. And I really yep. believe that when we, it's like the narrow way and the, the broad way. It looks like it's really harsh to have a discipline because it's like narrow. But yeah. when you have a discipline that's narrow, the narrowness actually becomes spaciousness where you actually, yes. oh, look at all of this on the other side. So yes. if you're in, if listening right now and you're thinking, oh man, I really wish I could do X, Y, or Z. Can you get yourself into a gentle rhythm of consistency that looks like a narrowing yeah. of that discipline, but it actually will usher you into the spaciousness of a creativity. So I actually find yes. the rhythm of writing every day. I told Daryl, like, oh, please, Daryl, help me when I'm finished this deadline that I stay with the same word quota every single day because yeah. it's like, my, like you're a memory muscle. I know, like, this is what I do. This is what I do. So, Diane, I... Haven't been doing that, but I am now, and I am purposing and praying to continue. Yeah, and I mean, the real is, what you're describing is what Jesus talks about, about us being pruned, is actually pruning, narrowing down allows for fruit, where expanding does often. Yes, Yeah. so good, Yeah. so So good, Annie. So can we go ahead and prune our attention so we can go ahead and do that thing every single day, and there will be great yield out of that. So good, Annie. Yes, that is it. Okay, Anne, what do we not say that you want to make sure we say? Oh, I really need to say this, Annie. Okay. (laughs) I practiced before this podcast on how to say brothers Karamazov. 
Okay. Because I thought Annie's going to Annie's going to ask me what I'm reading right now. So before we got set up, my son said to me, "Why are you Why are you asking Google how to pronounce?" And I'm like, "She's going to ask me what I'm reading, and I, I need to know use what the you're word." Reading. Yes. So I have a. Uh, I'm doing Reading Revolution 2023. So if yes. you turn pages, it actually turns our lives around. So how yeah. many pages can I turn around? So I'm actually read a lot of nonfiction. I really yeah. prefer nonfiction, but I'm purposing. So when I feed my sheep, I am listening on my AirPods to Brothers Karmazov every single day. So it's me, the sheep, and a lot of Russian in my head. Yes. But I'm telling you, Dostoevsky is amazing. It is worth the effort. Okay. Okay. It's worth the effort, especially in an audiobook. Totally. I mean, I am, yeah, I, I find for me one of my favorite Sabbath practices is working on a puzzle and listening to a book. Oh, so good. So what are you listening to, Annie? Do you know what I really want to listen to for better or for worse is Prince Harry's book. I know. I know. (laughs) Is it is it literally the worst? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, no, I think actually as a writer, it's really fascinating about how do we tell a story that's our story and how does it rub up against other people's stories? Like, I just think as a writer, it's a really fascinating and how do we honor the other people in our stories? So yes. I just think as a writer, it's a really beautiful exercise. That honestly has been my thought is I've been like, I want to hear. And he reads the audiobook, And so I thought, wow. I think I want to listen to him. The human in me also is like, we've never had access like this to royalty. Besides our Lord and Savior. Besides our Lord and Savior. I understand. We do have access. There is no spare in the kingdom of God. Preach it, Anne. Come on. Come on. It's only heirs in the kingdom of God. What what did Chris, I think Christine Kane at Passion, we have an all-access pass to Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yes, I've been very interested to see how he tells his story. I also, our book club is reading one. The Forgotten Names, I think it's called. Oh, that's terrible. I don't I'll send it I'll send you a link to it. But have you read okay. Unlikely Animals? No. Okay. That was my favorite book club read. The idea is the people from the cemetery are telling the story of what they're seeing happen in their town after they died. What right? a very interesting concept. After they died. Yeah, so they're watching okay, so from the cemetery. It's cemetery. The seminary cemetery. I wonder what the yeah. Freudian slip is in that. But uh, <laughs> um, so does it? Does it? Is it kind of like a wonderful life where they get to come back, or what does it impact to see what happens after they die, Annie? Uh, it's because they're watching people stories that they have known, but they're watching them play out. So you're following the characters, but the narrator okay. is a very trustworthy narrator because it's just the because they're already removed. Yes, yes. So I just thought it was a very interesting way to shape a novel. Okay, so what was your big takeaway, Annie? Oh, man, my big takeaway from that one. I mean, it, it it's a lot about family health and family reconnection mm. and sacrificing for others that you love. Which is what you might also love. take away from reading from listening to Sarah, too. That's right. I know. I know. It's very fascinating. <laughs> oh, it's all fascinating. Okay. You know, the last thing I've also got to ask you besides what are you reading is what sounds fun to you? Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. And Boss Camp, tell me what sounds fun to you. Oh, Annie, right. I started 2020. Oh, no, that's not true. June of 2020. So if, if the pandemic starts in like March-ish, um, yeah. by June of 2020, I started with three little baby doll sheep. Yes. And I'm now at 33. 
33 sheep, and in the last month, I've had six lambings. So I am smitten with baby lambs right now. I just and how do you keep up with I've, all those lambs? It has been a <laughs> literally been a chore, Annie. But do you oh my sell goodness, them? Never. So you have no, 39 animals? No, no, 33 pet sheep. I'm never eating them. I'm never selling them. And I, I am shepherding sheep, Annie. I done. You're creating a flock. Daryl keeps saying, like, what's the plan? And the plan is, I said to Daryl, my plan is Jesus' plan. Feed my sheep. Feed That's my, my plan. <laughs> he said it three times, Daryl. I'm just going to feed him. <laughs> and oh, I pet them gosh. and I sit with them and I actually write beside them. Like yes. I said, they're my little, and I write it. I love sitting with my sheep. I find it one of the most calming, calming experiences. So that's weird and crazy, but... Find the weird and crazy thing that you I love. love. It. I Are love you going to get into shearing them? Are you going to start being a wool person? You're going to have actually, to. They got to have, have haircuts. Lo- I, you're right. I love this. This I have this lovely friend who keeps saying, actually, and you can start a fiber farm where you go ahead and you shear your sheep and you sell it and it gets made into yarn and you can make all the things out of yarn. So does that sound lovely, Annie? Yes. You're you're becoming a part of like knitting culture suddenly. <laughs> You can just send your stuff straight to Sarah Bessie. She'll start making sweaters. Right, right, right. Wow. And 33. Only you would start with three and end with 33 and have no plan to offload any of them. I love every single one of them. I never sell them. Oh, that makes me so happy, Anne. What a great. uh, Yeah, it looks like a lot of them when you put them on Insta Story. It didn't look like 33. Trust me, Daryl would let you know, Annie. There's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy. Okay, friends, if you are not watching in on Insta Story, you got to go because that is how you'll get crazy. to see crazy. all these ships. And I love all you. Thank sheep. you so much. Oh. I can't wait for people to get your brave song tomorrow. It's, it's so good. Well, thank you for being part of my own brave story. The Lord has lent you to us all, Annie, that we know that he is singing love over every single one of us. I love you to the moon and back. I love you too. Thank you. Oh, you guys, don't you love her? Okay, be sure to grab your copy of Your Brave Song for all the littles in your life who could use an extra dose of courage and follow Anne on social media so you can tell her thanks so much for being on the show today. So, okay, we heard what sounds fun to Anne, and now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. Okay, Tracy, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Hi, everybody. I'm Tracy, and what sounds fun to me is surprising Annie today by talking to her in one of our mutual favorite places. <gasps> Where are you? I'm at Disney World. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> you are right. That is one of our mutual favorite places. Are you on yes. vacation with your family or friends or what? No, I am chaperoning a marching band trip. I hear them. We hear them practicing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like Mickey and Minnie coming down on a boat, right? Like, not right now. I guess it's not them, but they just went by on a boat. That's I'm a trying parade? To be in a parade? Yes. Oh, it, it, Tracy, this is, I don't know how we're ever going to top this. That you are literally either. answering during a parade. I am. I okay. Am. Favorite ride. What do you, what are you not missing out on at Disney world? Oh, we, we waited um, almost two hours this morning to ride flight of passage because it's amazing. Yeah. That's what I've heard. It's I don't, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Glad to know that. What are you eating? What's the like Disney food you won't miss out on? I will not miss out on Dole Whip. <gasps> of course, me neither. Oh, the sound. I, I have to. Have I'm to. dying. I cannot believe. 
just amazing. It's just amazing. I know. I know when you, when I clicked the link to pick a time to talk to you, this was my only choice. And I thought, I can't not do this. Yes, you're like, this could not get any better. So I'm not chaperoning. The kids are off running amok and I am on the phone with you. Fantastic. Tracy, very good. Great answers. Well done. Do y'all get to stay for the whole weekend? Yeah, we go home Monday night. That's awesome. Okay, have the best time. When you post pictures of your Dole Whip, be sure to tag me. Okay, I totally will. I totally will. Thanks, Annie. Oh, I love it. Y'all, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me, that's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is eating lunch with some friends who are in town. They're coming to the office. It's going to be awesome. We're having Burger Up. Listen, when you come to Nashville, you need to eat a Burger Up and Lady Bird Taco. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with our dear friend and Hallmark movie star, actress Nikki Deloach. We'll see y'all then. 